This podcast is brought to you by Illuminate, the Lehigh Business Blog. To learn more, please visit us at business.lehigh.edu slash news. Welcome. I'm Jack Croft, host of the Illuminate podcast for Lehigh University's College of Business. Today is December 16th, 2020, and we're talking with Zach Zachariah about the new Lehigh Business Supply Chain Risk Management Index, or LRMI for short, for the first quarter of 2021. LRMI was developed by the Center for Supply Chain Research at Lehigh University and the Council of Supply Chain Management Professionals. Dr. Zachariah is an Associate Professor of Supply Chain Management and director of the Center for Supply Chain Research at Lehigh, where he teaches graduate and undergraduate courses in supply chain operations management and logistics and transportation. Dr. Zachariah, welcome back to the Illuminate podcast. Thank you. With the COVID-19 vaccine distribution getting underway as 2020 thankfully crawls to a close, I know a lot of people are really looking forward to turning the calendar to 2021. Do supply chain managers share that feeling? Absolutely, absolutely. We've gone through a lot of changes, uh, as as you know, with COVID-19 hitting the economy, hitting uh, transportation systems, hitting things that we as supply chain managers, you know, really want to look at. So it is, uh, everyone is looking forward to turning the corner and and getting the economy back to uh, what it was running before, you know, COVID really hit us. Now, for those who might have missed our September podcast introducing the Lehigh Business Supply Chain Risk Management Index, can you just give us a quick overview of how the index is compiled each quarter, how the scoring system works, and how it helps supply chain managers manage risk? Uh, Sure, absolutely. So the basic idea of uh, the LRMI, the Lehigh Risk Management Index, is that we send surveys out to uh, supply chain managers uh, all across the US. And what they do is, is that they are given uh, 10 questions and simply asked whether the risk associated with that particular category um, is increasing or decreasing for the next quarter. So in a way you're comparing the current risk to next quarter's risk. And you're just simply indicating increasing, decreasing, or stay the same. And with that, we just simply compute the average uh, for each of those different categories of risk. Um, There's 10 categories, and we will then look and see if there is a trend uh, in comparison to last quarter, is there greater risk going forward? And so this is a way for supply chain managers really to identify those risks that they're uh, you know, colleagues in the industry are indicating that require more focus and attention and some risks mm-hmm. where you don't have to spend as much time focusing. And, and in a way, it really identifies where you should spend your managerial attention. Right. And, and as I recall, um, you know, the idea for the index itself was um, because the supply chain was one area that did not have an index um, to help managers figure these things out. Is that correct? Absolutely. There, there is, you know, this kind of risk index is patterned after what's called the purchasing manager index. And the purchasing managers index is a, just like ours. They go out to the purchasing managers and they ask them, are you going to purchase more product, um, you know, in the next quarter? So it's a very simple question. And if more purchasing managers 
are going to purchase more products. It's a way to suggest that the economy is heating up. You're getting more companies or buying more products. And it's, a, it's an indication of how active the economy is going to be for the next quarter, uh, the next, uh, next month. The purchasing manager index is, is monthly. We go on a quarterly basis and, and we're just using it, you know, four times a year. But the idea is, again, it's a comparative kind of scenario. And uh, the, the PMI is uh, an excellent index that uh, a lot of companies, Wall Street uses and things like that. And, and we also feel that our index is going to be something that is going to be of value for not just um, supply chain managers, but managers in general to understand that uh, what are the areas of greater risk going forward. Right. Now, you've just released the uh, first quarter 2021 report. Um, which marks the third report you've compiled since since you launched this uh, earlier in the year. And I notice uh, looking back at the three reports that customer risk, economic risk, and supplier risk have each ranked in the top four for all three quarters so far. Uh, what does that tell us? Actually, um, this is a great point you're bringing up. And this reminds me of one other factor that we actually um, get our respondents to do. And that is they do what's called a head-to-head ranking. So we ask mm-hmm. them after they've done this analysis of, or just you know, individually consider each risk, we tell, uh, tell them to select their four biggest concerns, four biggest areas of risk across all 10. And that's what you're referring to here where uh, there's a ranking. And w- when you, uh, you, know, you notice that customer risk, economic risk and supply risk were the top four, um, you know, among the top four, then that clearly indicates that those are areas of risk that supply chain managers are extremely concerned about. Are their customers going to buy their products? Are their suppliers capable of supplying the raw materials, uh, you know, and uh, parts that they need to make their products? And then how is the economy going to bear up? These are areas that uh, clearly um, supply chain managers have thought have been very important, and it continues to rank among the top four biggest risks of, of all the quarters so far. And in terms of, of customer risk, um, what, are, what are some of the factors that go into that? So in each of these risk categories, we give examples of what are things that you would consider. And so, for example, in customer risk, you're looking at you know, fast-changing customer demand. Is it easy to lose customer loyalty? Mm. Is there a changing customer-based demographics? Is it hard to predict customer behavior? Is it hard to service the customer? These are all kind of examples that we get the supply chain manager to think about as they determine whether any of those factors are changing and therefore there's more risk associated with the customers they have for the next quarter. And I can see, you know, for economic risk, you know, increasing energy costs, you know, obviously is, is a big thing in there. And what, what are some of the other things that factor into the economic risk? Well, um, you know, commodity price volatility, labor shortages. I mean, this is a big mm. issue for us in, in supply chain because with COVID-19, you know, the, there's been many indications where manufacturers have not been able to get enough uh, about labor, um, warehouses, transportation companies, you know, because when people uh, become sick, they're not able to come and do do the work. And then is the area that they're working in uh, properly, you know, ventilated with enough social distance so people can actually work? So many of the managers that I talk, um, you know, at warehouses or 
or talk about running transportation companies have uh, told me some of the processes they have in place. For example, a very simple thing that um, uh, a, uh, a manager at, at a very, very large warehouse actually told me that for the first time when COVID hit, they had to make sure that there was no overlap of uh, employees coming from one shift to the other because you know, in, in the past, you would have people come together and explain, hey, this is what's going on. This is what you need to look out for. But clearly, you know, the space is not designed to have social distance. So here's another example of where a lot of companies have put changes in place because of COVID-19 restrictions, which also affects the efficiency of what you're doing and the reliability. Do you have enough people to be able to do the work that you need to get done? So again, these are things that we, you know, companies look at in terms of the economy and they want to see, is there going to be enough demand? Are they going to be able to produce what they need? So all of these factors affects uh, economic risk. Right. And I'm, I'm guessing uh, the same is true for supplier risk as well, that, um, you know, in terms of everything from uh, personal protective equipment to, um, you know, the labor shortages, again, being, being a factor certainly on the supplier side as well. Absolutely. And, and, you know, the other thing with the supplier side that it's worthwhile mentioning is, is that there's a huge imbalance in cost right now with uh, bringing containers of products um, from, from China. Many of our companies rely on supplies or suppliers that are based in China. And you have got a significant uh, increase in costs associated with getting uh, containers and they are running into bottlenecks all along the supply chain uh, because we don't have that nice, easy flow. And so you've got, you know, we don't, we're not putting enough containers back into China and that's causing some sort of an imbalance with these things. And so when companies are relying on suppliers, uh, international suppliers, it still has not reached the, uh, the kind of ease that you had before COVID times where you know, containers are flying uh, or going on ships very mm -hmm. easily. All right, for the, the new report, the uh, fourth risk, which actually is number, number one uh, this, this time around, uh, transportation disruption risk um, tops the list. And it's been in the top four, two of the three reports to date. Um, what is that telling us? And you've, you've touched on this some, and I know that transportation is one of your areas of expertise and research. So what, what is this telling us about the disruptions to our transportation network now? Well, the real big issue with transportation, clearly it is Christmas time. Clearly there has been a huge increase in, uh, in e-commerce. And one of the things that you have to think about is, is that even though, uh, and I always tell this to my students, you know, it's great that you can click on a button and you can, you know, <laughs> order a product. But at the end of the day, some person has to take that product from whatever shelf that's on, put it onto the back of a truck, get it to some other warehouse, it goes into another product, and then some other person takes it out of another truck and puts it on your door. So... There is, and, and the only reason, of course, I mentioned truck is, of course, there's obviously rail and air, but, you know, well over 85% of all transportation shipments end up on a truck somewhere. So guess what's happening? You've got a huge increase, a significant spike in, uh, in e-commerce because, again, it's Christmas and people have now started ordering. And, you know, Amazon tried to deflect some of this by 
saying that they have, you know, um, I guess Cyber Monday prices a week before because they're trying to move this demand earlier. Because remember, right. whenever you're actually looking at the, you know, when you're looking at designing any kind of a system, you're always looking at capacity. And do you build for peak capacity? Do you build for running capacity? You know, what happens if the demand goes over a certain amount? Well, the thing is, is that if in every viable business, you can't necessarily build for just one week in Christmas. You have to make sure that, you know, we have to look at maybe alternate sources of supply to handle that, that peak. Here's the problem. Everybody's relying on that extra source of supply. Everybody's relying on, uh, you know, UPS and FedEx to actually handle this kind of increase in demand. And so everybody, you know, supply chain managers realize that they have to get products on the back of trucks and they're competing with everybody else. Uh, you know, the retailers are trying to take advantage of the fact that it's the Christmas season. Um, you, you, also, another factor, which I don't know if you'll have time to discuss, is that the COVID-19 vaccine is being rolled out, which right. is a very separate supply chain on its own. So I'm clearly thinking that supply chain managers are seeing that these kinds of uh, increase in demand is is happening. And, you know, even though Amazon is yeah, asking for more drivers, more people to man their warehouses. So there's a real increase in trying to hire more people. It's limited capabilities. And so we're getting, uh, we're reaching past that point of capacity. It's, it's full. And I'm, I'm, I'm guessing just intuitively um, that the, the greater demand um, for online retail, online sales has actually been going on, you know, at least since, March, you know, with, you know, people nervous about, well, first of all, stores have been closed for parts of the time in different parts of the country, um, you know, going into supermarkets, going into department stores makes a lot of people nervous now. So, you know, it would make sense that the, you know, amount of, of um, demand for products being shipped and delivered, you know, has probably been increasing all year, even before this tremendous end of year rush. Absolutely. You know, one of the things that um, has really become apparent, you know, I, I do research in this area and, mm -hmm. and that is that I've got managers, um, you know, senior executives that are telling me that they had all planned to invest into e-commerce, but what COVID-19 did was is something that they're planning over the next five years or seven to eight years to roll out. Mm -hmm. They realized they had to put that investment in now. So they are, they are putting in money to make that capability happen uh, this, you know, this year alone. So when you have large retailers who are planning to roll out this capability, they all learned on the fly because, as you pointed out, customers were not walking into their bricks and mortar store. So you have to build that capability in. And so you've got a huge investment. And, you know, one thing with COVID-19, it is clear to see that there are clear winners and there are losers uh, because of COVID-19. Several uh, transportation companies uh, have executives have told me this has been their best quarter ever in their history uh, because of the increase in demand and the way that the prices are actually perhaps sticking. UPS had one of their best quarters, uh, I think going back all the way to 2000, you know, uh, in the last 10, 15 years. It's because the demand has really, really gone up. So what's happened is, is that um, this ability to switch to e-commerce has just been accelerated. And all the companies are realizing they need to invest 
because that's the direction that it's going. And companies are scrambling, but the successful ones are the ones who are going to be able to, you know, adjust and adjust quickly. Yeah. All right. Going back to the um, latest index, you know, aside from, you know, the, the top four categories, the, the four biggest risks, um, are there any other um, interesting insights we should take away from the report or that, you know, supply chain managers should um, be looking at? Well, you know, the one other thing that, uh, that it's kind of useful in any kind of uh, a report, first of all, Yes, it identifies the four risks that supply chain managers need, need to notice. The other thing is what I would call sort of a, a trend uh, or a comparison. And that's in the overview page, right at the very beginning of the report, mm-hmm. where we uh, identify what the actual number was last quarter and what the current risk index is this quarter. And you know we use a red arrow to indicate that it's increased. So if I could just quote these numbers to you. So just remember that 50 is where there is really no change in risk. And the risk index is a number between zero and 100. And any time the number is greater than 50, that suggests that there is greater risk uh, that is associated with that particular thing going forward. So uh, when you look at this trend, let's look at transportation disruption. For example, last quarter, the index value was 69.6, which is high, uh, you know, clearly well above 50. But here's the interesting thing. It jumped up to 77.34. The number, you know, is not as critical as the fact that it's almost increased by eight and it is in, it is increased significantly. So right. that the magnitude of the difference is interesting and the fact that it's increased. So the other thing that you can actually, instead of just identifying the top four, it's identifying areas where the risk is decreased. You know, so economic re- uh, risk last quarter was 78, uh, which was the highest risk uh, last quarter. More supply chain managers suggesting it's dropped down to 72. 72 is still high, but compared to last quarter, more supply chain managers seeing that the economy is beginning to recover. And therefore, it has actually decreased in risk. Uh, supplier risk has come down as well from 74 to 71. Um, you know, and then you've got things that have really dropped on. Technological or competitive risk went from 58 to 55. You know, environmental risk went from 59 to 53, suggesting that the risk in the next quarter, as far as the environment is concerned, is definitely decreasing. So the other insights that I always like to suggest that you should see is what is the trend? What does it look like compared to last uh, the last quarter? And then this suggests to you that, okay, it looks like supply chain managers on the whole are seeing that, um, for example, the economy is less risky than it was in the fourth quarter. So it seems that there's been a lot of, um, you know, certainly, you know, some devastating effects of COVID-19 um, on the supply chain this year. And I'm wondering, are, are there any lessons that the industry has learned? Any, any changes um, that have taken effect that are dealing with some of the things that have been happening? Yes, actually, you know, COVID-19 has really uh, caused companies, executives to uh, realize how important their supply chain is. In fact, they've started uh, you know, every company knows who their supplier is, who their customer is. But now because of COVID-19, 
companies have started to look at who their supplier supplier is and who their supplier 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 is. We use this idea of, of tiers. So our immediate supplier is called a tier one supplier. Their suppliers are tier two and then you know tier three and so on. And what companies have realized is that even if a supplier is a tier three supplier, if that supplier doesn't provide the product, then you as a company are not able to finish uh, your own product, you know, and therefore companies have started to understand and spent more time and invested more, uh, more resources into really managing their supply chain going two, three, four tiers away from their own, own location. The other factor that uh, COVID-19 has brought is that you've completely sort of questioned some of the ideals associated with lean. Lean is all about minimizing the amount of inventory you actually have. And companies really got burnt with that with when COVID-19 hit because they all of a sudden didn't have enough product to meet the needs of their customers. So now companies are no longer only trying to you know, eliminate inventory. They're realizing that they need to store some extra inventory and get this, a complete change from supply chain uh, sort of ideas in the past is that some of the larger retailers, I've been talking to some of the uh, the executives at uh, the big uh, 3PL companies that own their own warehouses. And you've got these large retailers have said, we need to get warehouse spaces much closer to our customers in these large cities because customers are getting used to two-day delivery. And we got to get that product out to them quickly. And the only way we do that is that if we you know, uh, build or rent large DCs closer to customer locations. So um, all of those factors have really sort of increased the importance of understanding supply chain. And that really came out just from COVID-19. Now we're also in, you know, in addition to, you know, still dealing with um, COVID-19, we're also, you know, heading into that last week of the holiday shopping season. And it's been unlike any other, certainly. Uh, I was talking with your colleague Ludovico Cesario recently, and she had noted that online retail sales are expected to be up 35% this holiday season. You know, that Cyber Monday this year was the biggest online shopping day in history. Um, you know, this greatly increased demand, uh, you know, with all of the other complicating factors that you've been talking about here, um, how is the supply chain holding up and adjusting to to those things? Well, I mean, you know, you bring up a great point. There has been a huge increase in demand. Um, and, you know, Amazon tried to soften the blow a little bit because they promised that they're offering, uh, you know, uh, Cyber Monday deals a week before uh, Cyber Monday, basically because they need customers to start purchasing because it's this huge influx of demand and products that are going to be coming in that, you know, um, that has always been the case for the Christmas shopping season. In fact, this just came out uh, just a little over a week ago, but uh, FedEx started and UPS has followed in suit. And that is they have started to limit the volume from their top customers. Uh, it doesn't matter that these are huge retailers that have been strong stalwart customers, large customers for FedEx, FedEx needs to make sure they have enough capacity to meet the needs of, of all their customers. And they were scared that if one very large customer takes up 
20, 30% of their total capacity, they're not gonna have the capacity to meet everyone's needs. So they've limited the volume from their top customers. UPS did the same thing. So they are, uh, there is just no way that this large retailers are going to be able to get all their products through because the capacity is not available. They are capacity constrained. And, and you know, you must also realize that transportation companies, because they're viewed as essential, they did not have to shut down. So they are also fully busy. They have got as much people working, uh, you know, uh, around the clock to be able to deliver these goods. Now, one of the things that I am really curious about next quarter going forward is, is that, you know, um, Amazon has really sort of dictated that uh, they're not going to charge extra for shipping. Well, so far, retailers have been absorbing shipping costs, but UPS and FedEx have had to increase their prices because demand is going up. So the question now becomes, what are retailers going to do next quarter? Are they going to continue to absorb these costs and thereby reduce their margins? And in some cases, you know, these costs have increased so much, it do, it's, it, they're going to cut, there is no profit. At that point, it is just they're surviving at a loss. So the question comes up, does this mean that retailers for the first time are going to have to start passing those costs to consumers and you know their customers so that customers will have to actually pay for it? We really don't know what's going to happen. And it's going to be very interesting to see what's going to happen going forward. And one other complication that I'm sure you're very well aware of, Jack, is that we've got uh, the new vaccinations. You know, we, we've got a whole bunch of product that has to be delivered very effectively. You know, we're using Pfizer's as a cold, you know, uh, has to use cold storage, the whole process. So that's also going to add even further, uh, you know, strain on the capacity of, of the entire supply chain. So it is really going to be very interesting uh, what's going to happen at the supply chain level uh, for these kinds of uh, distributions that we need to do going forward. You know, you, you had talked about um, Amazon again, and, we, and we've talked about this before as well, the kind of outsize um, influence they have on, you know, just about everything it seems these days. But, you know, I mean, they are, you know, everybody has to have um, free shipping because Amazon does it. Uh, everybody, you know, needs to be able to get stuff there fast now, and fast is now defined as two days or one day even, um, because that's what Amazon has done. Um, you know, we've also just, I think within the last few weeks, Amazon is now going to get into the prescription drug market as well, I understand. So it, it just seems like Amazon is, is you know, become a kind of constant, um, you know, disruption in the, in the financial business sense of the word um, to the supply chain that, you know, it's constantly forcing others to adapt and change. Well, you know, that is really a credit to um, the way Amazon does business. And, mm -hmm. and, you know, Bezos has made it a point to really disrupt uh, what they do. And, you know, um, when I talk about this in class, one of the things is that companies can either choose to continually innovate or get, um, you know, uh, other companies and come in and, and take their place. I mean, Netflix is the best example of the willingness to cannibalize their existing systems uh, to constantly make changes. And, and they've done an amazing job and they've managed to survive. So Amazon, you're right, has, has made all these kinds of changes because they're, they're innovating, their competitors are having a hard time following and they're gaining market share. One other 
kind of surprising thing though to note that yes, there's been a real increase in e-commerce and and Amazon has gotten got an increase as well. But their bottom line, their profit hasn't necessarily uh, kept pace with what you'd think for such a large company. And what this tells me from the outside, obviously, is is that their costs are increasing as well. Amazon is also having to pay higher costs for their shipping, and therefore that's eating into their profit margins. And maybe Amazon might might revisit this this idea. But I think definitely um, there is going to be a reckoning. Consumers have got it wonderful with not having to pay for any you know shipping costs at all. Um, mm-hmm. But even the large companies and uh, the big retailers for sure, uh, and UPS and FedEx, and, and I'm sure Amazon is going to revisit the amount of money that they're losing. Because if no one is paying for it, then you know at, at some point it's the retailers that are actually paying for it when they're shipping a uh, product at no cost. And, and remember, returns are six times more expensive. So what happens when people start returning things? You know, oh, yeah. <laughs> these, these, these are all factors that are going to directly affect the bottom line. But that's what makes the supply chain interesting. And that's why it's important to you know read the uh, logistics risk management index, uh, participate in our survey, because we really think that this is an area of the economy that you really need to focus on for your long-term success. Mm-hmm. And for, for those listening who would like to check out the full report, uh, where, where can they find that? Well, simply, they just have to search for the Center for Supply Chain Research, Lehigh, which is uh, the center that I'm uh, the director of. All of our reports will be there. We'll also have a link if you want to participate in the next quarter's uh, index uh, survey. You know, so all the information is there. And uh, just, uh, as I said, search for the Center for Supply Chain Research at Lehigh. Great. Dr. Zachariah, thanks so much for being with us again today. Uh, I'd like to take this time to wish you and your family the happiest of holidays this year. I look forward to talking with you again in March when we'll look ahead to the second quarter of 2021. Thanks you very much, Jack. I really appreciate the opportunity to come and talk to you about this kind of uh, information. And it's, uh, it's always a pleasure to talk to you. Thank you, Jack. Great. I want to again thank our guest, Zach Zachariah. As director of the Center for Supply Chain Research at Lehigh, Dr. Zachariah and the faculty and students at Lehigh Business are generating new ideas for education and future knowledge in the field of supply chain management. This podcast is brought to you by Illuminate, the Lehigh Business blog. To hear more podcasts featuring Lehigh Business thought leaders, please visit us at business.lehigh.edu news. And follow us on Twitter at Lehigh Business. Thanks for listening.